people live righteously. It's time for another episode of the Cultural Hall. It is an Articles of News episode where who knows what it's going to be like, right? We only got so much time with Chow from Texas because the painters have been in the house all day and the Internet is down and she's feeding the missionaries. She's a modern day woman doing the things and, and, and above and beyond and all the things. So welcome. I am. And I'm going to spoil. I'm getting this as a gift for a friend. Okay. I am the world's okayest daughter of God. That's what I am. Is that a t-shirt or a hat? Oh, it's going to be a tumbler. I'm, I'm okay. getting it. So I have a couple friends. Um, two, two of us are former Relief Society president. One's a former young, young women's president. Uh-huh. But uh, we've had a rough row the last couple of years with our recent bishops. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, we talked about that. I get it. Yeah. So I thought of this. I was at the temple yesterday and doing a session and it just came to me like, you know what I should get for them? Just thinking about how tough it's been and how we've talked a lot about just sticking it out with our testimonies, even if the social side of church sucks right now. I just thought I'm going to get them a tumbler that says world's okayest daughter of God. Now, will it be an official Stanley tumbler? Like, are we... Oh no. Okay. We're, okay. Okay. We're not we're not in Utah. So yeah. we're allowed <laughs> we're allowed to not to go off brand. Okay. So. Okay. But it will be from Etsy. So well, good. Good. Supporting uh, a business of some sort. Someone does these? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So actually another former Relief Society president that's in uh Seguin, a neighboring ward. I mm-hmm. I knew she had an Etsy shop making these, and so I furiously messaged her this morning and I said hey, I've got this idea. And she said, that's hilarious. I love it. We're doing it. Nice. And she will will reap the financial benefits of your creativity. Yeah. Once it's live on Etsy, I'll get you the link, Richie, and then you can share it with your listeners. So if they too feel like world's okayest daughter of God, they can share that with others. You know, you bring up an interesting point, though, and we're going to get into articles of news probably within this, and I'll probably bring in another host in the later part of this episode just because of timing, and I want to make sure we get through a lot of articles. But it's an interesting thing where because we worship where we live and depending on where you live, people are super strict about it or not. Uh, Mm -hmm. You know, like you must go to the boundaries, and I know that that's the encouragement or whatever. There are times where you just have to be like, man, it's not my favorite that, you know, that bishop is that bishop or that elders quorum president is that elders quorum president or that, you know, relief society president is that relief society president or, you know, I are my daughter or my son really liked their youth leader and now they don't care for it. I mean, we, we sort of, I don't want to say fall victim to that, but it, I think it, it can be sort of a blessing maybe. Yeah. Cause it teaches like- us. Yeah it's a learning curve, you know, it's a progression. So it's not, I don't think it's a bad thing, but it's just one of those wrestling things you kind of work through and, you know, you find ways to lift the other person up that if they're having a hard time and yeah, you get through it. Yeah. And I think it, uh, so, you know, to, uh, to share sort of my experience, like my ward that I'm in now is considerably more conservative than my last ward. Mm -hmm. And even though now as I'm celebrating one year in this ward, I'm not sure that I've really, uh, you know, I don't know that I've found my people or like found my groove or, you know, feel like, you know, when I, when I say something in class or 
share my testimony. It is very rarely that I feel like anyone is like, wow, I'm glad he said that. I think more of the reaction is what I, what is he even talking about? Why, why does he feel like he needs to say something like that? It would be great if there was like an app out there, like sort of like a side app of the church where you could go in and put in certain parameters you want. Like, sure. I remember when I was the chorister, I found this arrangement of some music that some warden in Virginia had done. Mm -hmm. And I brought it to the pianist and I said, Hey, I want to do this number for our choir. And she said, do you know what ward that is? That ward has an excellent ward choir. Like they are well known. Like it's a suburb of DC. They have a lot of DC people there and they have excellent choirs and music. We can't do this. Like we, mm. we, we're we like the outskirts of Zion. You mm-hmm. maybe will have one base. You're not, this isn't happening. And I thought, man, I didn't know that. But it would be nice if you had an app where you could say, you know, a ward that likes choir or a, you know, a ward that is supportive of single parent families or mm. a ward that won't ask me five million times, when are we having kids? Why don't you have children? You know, that kind of a thing. <laughs> you can plug that in and be like, okay, I'm I'm moving to that geographic region. That's, that's my Zion. Sure. I, I've also thought, you know, we have like language wards and stuff like that. Like in, in the Salt Lake Valley, could we have like an arts ward? Like if you are are particular in the arts, but before I get all the emails, contact at theculturalhall.com. I know why we don't do this. Right. Yeah. But it still would be kind of, hey, heads up. This yeah. Word that you're moving into. Yeah. You know, this, this is what you deal with. This is what you got. They don't do trunk or treat. So yeah. <laughs> that's important to you. <laughs> Find Shop yourself another area. congregation. Yes. Go somewhere different. Uh, aside from your house getting painted and you having fabulous boy, you better not uh, doubt whether or not you live in Texas earrings in your ears. Patreon saints get to see those. What's new with you? Anything of uh, of note of uh, particular uh, importance? Um, I had my birthday Monday. Happy birthday Monday. So, thank you. Starting my 39th. I guess it's my 40th year, but I'm turning 39. I forget sure. how that works. Last time, last bit of the last a bit of the threes at the beginning. So, and I uh, planned a spa day for myself. That's how I thought I'm going to celebrate. You know, I've got kids. I don't need mm-hmm. to do that. I want to go on my own. So I signed up for this extensive spa package, massage, you know, facial, yeah. all the things. One of them was a body wrap. And I got there and they said, oh, you're going to love it. We make our own blend here. Mm-hmm. We make it from a special brand of coffee. Oh, no. oh okay. <laughs> I was like, What? They're like, yes, we are going to make you a coffee burrito. Yes. Wrap you up in it. And I was like, well, I'm not drinking it, but it's probably getting in the system through the pores. But you sure. know what? I'd already booked it. Sure. And I didn't want to, you know, say no thanks to your special blend. So I got wrapped up in a coffee burrito to start this next year off. There you go. I feel pretty good. Starting off your 39th year with justification. That's what that sounds like. <laughs> Hey, I didn't drink it. I'm just teasing. I just it's, smelled like Starbucks the rest of the day. It's so. it's like it's like that old story where, and I don't even know that it's real, but that uh, the prophet was at a holiday party. Have you heard this before? And there's a rum cake that's there, and everyone, you know, with bated breath, waiting to see if the prophet was going to eat a slice of said cake, and you know, goes to goes to eat it, and someone sort of pauses the prophet and says, "Hey." You know, there's rum in that. And he says, I'm eating it. I'm not drinking it. Yeah. 
exactly. don't know that I don't know that that's real, but I uh, I yeah. appreciate that story regardless. Kind of similar. So yeah, it was a good birthday. I mean, I didn't expect the coffee wrap, but I still you know felt much more relaxed after that and. Just other than that, I had a low key birthday. So for hopefully for my 40th, I'm on my a beach somewhere is my goal. Just Are you, you're going to do it big. I don't know. I just want to go to a beach. Like I just want to be away from your you kids know, be near the water. <laughs> the kids can be there. Disney has a kids section. They can sure. be in. Go I'm over there. Go, go there. Go <laughs> be there. nearby from a distance waving and I'll just kind of wave back. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, my fortieth, I ate pizza six feet apart from everyone because uh, oh. it was during COVID. I had plans. I wanted a surprise birthday party, and to the point that like all of my family surprised me and sat really, really far from one another. We <laughs> did that, but yeah. it was not the blowout I had anticipated. That's how it was for us too. He yeah. he was the COVID year and. Yeah, it was like here's a cookie cake that we yeah. ordered for grocery delivery. <laughs> It touched another hand's. Be sure you wipe it with a Clorox wipe. Yep. Uh, okay. Well, let's take a break. When we come back, we'll get through as many articles of news as we can before you have to go. Uh, and then, you know, in the third block, we'll either do uh, like a temple ticker or maybe we'll have Nate Eaton do the uh, news or maybe we'll have another panelist do other news. I don't know. We'll come back and do uh, some news in the second block. Hey, you guys, wanted to talk to you about a new voice app on the Amazon Alexa. It's made by the church, that is the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, and it's geared for kids and grandkids aged 4 to 11. It's called the Friend Magazine Skill, and it allows your kids to play the Friend Magazine from an Amazon Alexa smart speaker. Now, here's what's cool about it. Each month, it's going to include new stories and new music from the Friend Magazine. It's, uh, you know, a thing that your kids, they know what it is. In fact, if you said, hey, kids, enable the Friend Magazine skill, they've already done it before you even ask them. And the best part is it's free. It's built by the church. So there is no advertisements or any content that you need to worry about. And it's a fun, great way to help your kids learn about the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's called the Friend Magazine Skill be sure to enable it on your Amazon Alexa smart speaker. Hi friends, Dan the Laptop Man here from PC Laptops. You can get a brand new PC Laptops desktop and they start at only $29 a month and it comes with a lifetime warranty. Just check us out at PCLaptops.com. That's PCLaptops.com. Here in the second block, we do actual articles of news. Hit it, Peter. You can't lose articles of news. And away we go. You know, I was reading about what causes... uh podcasts to be very successful the other day and uh i i assume it applies to shows in podcast form as well and one of them is segments and so i'm going to introduce a new segment uh because i because i want to this is celebrities who used to be mormon but now are in the news and it has to do with their faith still but uh, <laughs> there actually was two articles about this, and I mentioned them very quickly. One, uh, Huff, Julianne Huff. You might recognize her from the remake of Footloose a few years back. She was on the Dancing with the Stars. Dated Ryan Seacrest, and uh, that's what the article is about, is that Ryan Seacrest was the one who introduced her to wine after yep. being raised Mormon. So It was on Fox News. I, I read that article she was also in the nicholas sparks movie safe harbor richie why don't you know her from that romantic now, which, now which one is safe harbor the house the one with the house or this is, is the, the one, one with the I, art 
It's the one with escaping the abusive husband, if yeah. I remember. Yeah. It's yeah. a fake life. Yeah. I think it's that one. Don't so, yeah. ruin it. <laughs> Sorry. Spoiler alert, he finds her. <laughs> Alan Alda. Is it that one? Is it that Nicholas Sparks one? I love that that movie. Oh, the art. Know. Whoever buys the spoiler, everyone. I don't I'm not sure what book this is, so I may be spoiling something for you. But Alan Alda, it plays the old guy who has like a bunch of Picassos or some oh. something, right? And he also has a picture that was painted of his wife. And everyone's excited about the that the art is going to be auctioned off. And because the guy got to know Alan Alda, he thought the picture of his wife was particularly beautiful because of the story that he knew. And so he bought that particular picture that no one was bidding on and then he gets all of it because in the guy's will he had said whoever gets the picture of my wife gets all of my art it sounds like a touch of the master's hand very yeah, yeah. and he came from the back and he tuned up the strings yep well i wanted to say my favorite part of that story about the wine because this was she was being interviewed by kelly clarkson on her show oh i didn't realize that was what it was part of and kelly clarkson chimes in even Jesus was into this because, I mean, Huff talked about how she she didn't grow up drinking. She talked about her religion a little bit. Sure. And, and the response from Kelly Clarkson was, even Jesus was into this. And then tries some of Hoff's new uh, wine line that she has out there. Wine line? I don't know that they call it that, but she's yeah, making a, a, a line of wines. A wine line. A wine line. She's turning water into wine. You know, she started out with water. In the church and now we've moved to wine she's just following jesus in a very <laughs> literal way uh her her uh brand of wine is fresh vine wine so it's a line of fresh vine wine oh man this is gonna turn into like something from hamilton with yeah, all this <laughs> rhyming with all this rhyming of fine vine wine uh the other little bit of uh you know topical very celebrity driven mormon news catherine heigl Utah resident and former member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints was asked, why do you like raising your kids in Utah? And she said, because it's nice. It's quiet. I live in a quiet place away from people and they have nice values and I could live somewhere else, but I decided to live here. They made a massive article over nothing about <laughs> Catherine Heigl living in the state of Utah. And then, of course, there's the aside that... Well, she was once upon a time a member yeah. of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Yep, there's some sort of deeper counseling that needs to happen there about how in in her mind she can only live among her people that she knew from childhood. I don't know. I'm yep. sure there's something on, going on there. Got to be. And then I guess there's one more article. Let me please. Okay. Uh, this is also a celebrity adjacent uh almost Mormon story as well. Uh, young boy, that is rapper NBA young boy, uh, who a couple months ago was all the news stories because he apparently on house arrest in the state of Utah uh, has been connected with the uh, missionaries. And as soon as he can, oh, yeah. I remember plans, hearing on articles of news. Yeah, yeah. Plans to be baptized. A member of the church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints likes what they, uh, what, like what we stand for, likes the doctrine, etc. Uh, he is welcoming now his 11th child. So, Oh, dude, that's so, awesome. Yeah. So he'll fit right in. Nice work. That primary program is going to be great. Right. Like, if, it's something my dad wrote. 
just gonna sing it. And 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 his kids the entire program. Yeah. Yeah. That's what's up. Actually, but, though, if he stays in Utah, not at all. His eleven kids won't be anything new, odd, or strange for his particular ward. But congratulations yeah. on welcoming the eleventh child, NBA young boy, the rapper. Right. He's gonna catch up to that other guy. I forget his name. Nick Cannon. Nick Cannon. Yep. 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 There's only two paths for women. You either have a child with Nick Cannon or you date Leonardo DiCaprio. That's yep. all we got. Yeah, that's all it. choices. That's Very all the choices women have. Those yes. two choices. That's a fair point. All right, what do you have? Well, do do we do a Mormons behaving badly segment, or did we can that idea? Uh, I, no, no. Uh, people love uh, on shows in podcast form Mormons behaving badly. So let's Mormons behaving badly. All right, we've got. Uh, she's a she's a Brit member of the church over in the uh, UK. Yeah. She's on OnlyFans as a model, and mm-hmm. she's an active member of the church. She she has managed to have both sides of her life, you know, no conflict in in a moral point of view. But she recently made a lot of money by a pretty racy post on there, a little tease for people, um, you know, PG thirteen down to the bra strap situation. Mm-hmm. So, um, but you know, she shut off the camera before it went further, and so the story is all about. You know, it's a racy OnlyFans thing because, you know, shirt came off. Sure. on, shirt came off. She makes around 32000 a month in whatever that is in English money. What is in that? Pounds. In pounds. Now, sorry, I should know this. That's fine. So she makes 32000 a month, uh, 32,000 pounds a month uh doing Which this i think is what like thirty nine thousand dollars is that right is that about the i'll i'll believe it if you tell yeah. me that sure, so sure, sure she that's my first one and the second one this is and i don't know this is different people within an offshoot of our faith but there's an issue going on and this story is out of the guardian okay uh, it's from april 21st 2023 and there's an issue that's going on in child custody suits where there's a disagreement over, you know, there's moms that are leaving polygamous sex of faith, either FLDS or something sort of affiliated like that. Mm-hmm. And they file in court to get custody of their child. And dad has some sort of visitation and the child disappears. Jeez. So this is sort of where it starts, but it also comes up that there's people who they send their children to the church and then they don't get them back and they're filing to say hey we want our kids back where's our kids and they can't find their kids so this is an article that's all about that and it's really heartbreaking you know they compare it to jim jones and the kool-aid and you know are we gonna find our kids are they gonna end up um you know dead or something or you know assaulted and so it's a kind of a downer article yeah um thanks a lot you're welcome lesson be learned for all people listening who perhaps uh, have a child custody arrangement, take your kids back to the other spouse. So, I mean, technically you can be put in jail. That's contempt of a court order. Mm-hmm. And so um, this is something they're just trying to bring more attention to. Like I said, it's in the Guardian. It's trying to get it out there more so people are aware that this is an issue and a risk with people in these kinds of groups where they say they got a revelation not to return their child and kid doesn't mm-hmm. come home. Yeah, that that reminds me, and this fits in the same segment here in the show, as we now segment the show because people love segments. 
uh, the uh, Cox family, as in Susan Cox, as in Susan Cox Powell, uh, there was recent uh, development, she being a member of the church, so it fits in with uh, Josh Powell being a Mormon behaving badly. Uh, if people don't remember, and uh, KSL Podcast did a great job with their cold podcast season one about this, and by great job, I mean great job detailing this. It is yeah. a horrible story, but the end of the Josh Powell and his kids' story is a visitation where mm-hmm. he was entitled to have visitation with the kids, but it was supervised. He pushed the woman or didn't allow the woman into the house, and that's when he killed his kids and then burned his house down subsequently killing himself. Uh, Uh, The reason, the reason why that's in the news is uh, her, that is Susan Cox Powell's parents were awarded nearly a hundred million. And then the, the judge or jury or someone said, Nope, you're not going to get that much. And so then it was appealed and now it has been appealed and they said, yeah, you're You're going to get that much. That's good. Yeah. I mean, normally it's like capped, right? That's yep. that's a big tort reform in the states. You can only get so much money. You know, they they really try to limit that. So, but I'm glad that the higher court said, oh, "Sorry, judge, it is what it is." Yep. So. Uh, in another uh, Mormons behaving badly, and I don't think we talked about this last time. Um, Redmond man arrested for the third t- time on child molestation charges. Do you remember this? Did we talk about this? I don't this? think we did. No, I mean, I listened to the last one because I was furiously texting you about it after. So it doesn't yes. sound familiar. Uh, Buckland Daryl, age 44, is charged with four additional counts of first degree child molestation involving three new victims. Uh, Daryl was arrested in March after allegedly having sexual contact with a male minor in 2020 while attending the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints in Redmond. I think this is the one where we did talk about the original um, like release because I think this is the one that occurred in church that I that I was like, yeah, even in church when your kids are with oh, sitting yeah. with other people, be careful. In December 2022. Uh, Daryl was arrested for child molestation involving another minor, police added. He was released on bail in both cases and arrested when more allegations came to light. In each of the cases, King County prosecutors asked for high bail amounts, the first 100000 then 200000 then 500000 with the most recent one, but he still had the opportunity to post bond on the previous amounts. In both cases, the victims were boys under 12 years old, and both incidences occurred near or in the presence of the victim's family members. Oh. The new victims are also affiliated with the Redmond church. So the guilt is that's a, a lot of guilt to carry for the family. Hopefully they can know that it's not their fault. I mean, you feel like you're right there. And I, I sort of am speaking from personal experience. I was my sister. Um, and we don't talk about it a lot. She'll probably cuss me out for talking about it when she was sexually assaulted, when we were minors by a church member, mm. I was in the other room Ugh. and, let me just say the amount of time it takes to get over that guilt. I should have known better. I should have realized what was going on. That was weird. Why didn't I say something? Why didn't I do something? Mm -hmm. You put all that on your, for me, I was like 12, right? Put all that on yourself. And it, I don't know, everybody go to therapy because that's, that's hard guilt to carry. And hopefully that guy's on an ankle monitor. Yeah. 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 Uh, the contention from the one of the victim's family is that they knew that the church unequivocally knew about concerns involving Buckland Daryl for years, 
as a known predator, they facilitated and enabled his access to countless children. So undoubtedly, you will see uh, the church in the news for this particular um, story again around abuse by a member to other members within the church or because of their, you know, proximity due to callings or trust or whatever the thing is. And, you know, just be careful. Yep. I'm here for the changes. I mean, if we're going to make changes, I'm, I'm, I'm for it. And I'm here to support, you know, a wide church policy of how can we not have this? Cause one victim is too many, you know, yep. one yep. is too many. Yep. Uh, what other stories have you? Can we, can, so if we're done with Mormons behaving badly, can we do Mormons behaving goodly? <laughs> uh, yes. And I think we can call it that. Mormons okay, behaving. Oh, wait, wait. No, we're not done with Mormons behaving badly. Okay. Let me just tell you this All real right. quick. There's Go a show it. on oxygen. Uh, if you are a person who likes the, um, you know, the murder podcasts and the murder shows and all the things, this show on oxygen is called Violent Minds, Killers on Tape. And it talks about Arthur Gary Bishop, who was a member of the church, a return missionary who just crazy, terrible, horrible, awful, disgusting things. And it also uh, talks about Ted Bundy, who also a member of the church and terrible, awful, disgusting, you know, awful, gross. Yep. Terrible. Vile, things. I think, is how they described it. Evil and vile. Yep. So, crimes. so if that's a thing that you uh, enjoy watching uh it does feature some former members of the church of jesus christ of latter saints it's called violent minds killers on tape and it airs sundays on oxygen which i always am i laugh sort of when people say what time does that air when was the last time you cared about a time that something aired we don't do appointment tv anymore no. it's on demand yeah it's no appointment when i feel yeah. like it that's yeah. when. don't tell me when i'm gonna watch it oh, i can binge it or i can watch Five minutes at a time, depending on the behavior of my children. We'll yeah, see how it goes. <laughs> depending <laughs> on how much my kids let me. All right, yeah. goodly, I'll take it. Okay. All members right, members behaving goodly. Members behaving goodly. So this comes to us from the CBS Two Idaho News, and um, the article. Obviously, the the Patreon Saints. I'll kind of hold it up so they can see it. They don't have to go to it on their phone. These three guys right here. Oh, geez. They are the newest leaders in a new stake in Caldwell, Idaho. And I just thought this article was so cute that they made the news about these guys being called as this new stake presidency of this new stake. They interviewed the new stake president, President Jason R. Nelson. And he he's so he sounds so excited. I just wanna say that. He says, it is a wonderful blessing to see the growth of the church in our part of the Lord's vineyard and to witness the creation of a new stake. And the article closes out with a quote from the mayor of the city who was equally excited. Yes. And um, obviously just as Mormon. Yeah. And he's, he says, it is a very exciting time for Caldwell. Like, I don't know. I can't tell you the last time I saw somebody like a city official be so excited for a church to open up. We are a community filled with wonderful people of all kinds of backgrounds and belief. We are grateful for our faith-based community and our many churches that reside in Caldwell. They are the bedrock of what makes us a special place to live and raise a family. And I just thought it was super cute that they made the news and how excited he sounded. And I just, I think about all this stuff that a 
a stake president has to deal with. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, bless your heart for being so like just excited right now, because I guarantee you, if we were to come back and do a follow-up story a year from now, he would be like, oh man, this is rough. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, I'm glad he's excited and energetic now because listen, I know the kind of stuff you're going to see and deal with. And it's going to make you, I mean, kind of the stories we just talked about and right. you're going to be like, really? I, what, what? So good luck. Best it's of a, luck. It's a tremendous blessing. Yeah. A tremendous blessing. We are so excited. I was like, Oh, keep being excited now. So that, I thought that was sweet that they were so excited about it. Uh, and it's, uh, remind me the president is president Nielsen. Um, but it's like, Nielsen, Fisher, and Taft. It sounds like a, a combination yeah. that makes up a uh, like a law firm. Yeah, it, it's some sort of, I'm sorry, I'm seeing the old one on here, but it is, yeah, Nielsen, Duckett, and um, Fisher. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, Nielsen, Fisher, like and Duckett, attorneys at law. Yeah, and they kind of look that way. So this is the other picture of them, but they're kind of serious, like, mm-hmm. we, will, we will fight for you. Yep. Yep. People can find a link to that uh, in the show notes for this. I know we're coming uh, close to the end of the time that we have for you or with you rather. Let me um, share this because I I suppose it is uh, Mormons behaving uh, goodly. We can lump it into that. Uh, The Tabernacle Choir announces that they're going to be traveling uh, to Mexico City. Uh, that is this summer, as I understand it, uh, June 13th through the 19th. They will be in Mexico. Um, they have announced that uh, the church's Mexico newsroom and churchofjesuschrist.org is where you can get the tickets if you happen to be listening to this in Mexico. The last time the national, uh, the last time the choir performed at the National Auditorium was back in 1972 during an area general conference. So it's been a long time coming. And they're going to go on tour like four more times each year, which they had been doing until COVID came about. Um, but they plan to go year by year by year for the next four years. Normally they go every other year, but it seems that they'll be going every year uh, for the next four years. So pretty exciting to see that they're going out, being able to share the message through music, which is exciting. Yeah. That's that's goodly, right? Yeah, they um, got to make up. They got to make up time, you know? Yeah. And, uh, glad they're going. I mean, 1972, it's in the words of Rafiki, it is time, you know, it's time to go back. <laughs> uh, uh, another uh, behaving goodly, the church and the organization Life Moves are helping the homeless in the San Francisco Bay Area. Uh, the church is collaborating with Life Moves to support the opening of a 240 bed facility for people experiencing homelessness in the San Francisco Bay Area. The goal of this $55 million navigation center in Redwood City is to assist those in need to return to long term stable housing. And the yeah. church very, very involved in that project. So I I love that. People have long said, you know, you're building temples, but why why wouldn't you open up your church buildings and make mm-hmm. homeless shelters out of them? Well, we can do that too in another way. So yeah, yeah, we can partner with things. Because I, I, I mean, I don't think, and maybe people will come at me for this. I don't know that we should turn our churches into like, hey, come stay here. Mm-hmm. sort of places that seems to yeah 
we're sort not of, sort of YMCA. Been, yeah, so, yeah. Yeah. But but I think there is more that we can do. Yes. And contribute and be in our communities and help for sure. Mm-hmm. So and and make them sort of pinnacles of the community to be like, oh, this is a place I can get help. I think there are a lot of ways that we could still do that better than we do, especially here in Utah, especially here. And and for you folks in the mission field, I'm teasing. I just wanted to yeah. mention with you. The true Zion. It's the true yeah. Zion. That's oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Not Texas. the mission field. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. Zion. Yeah, my bad. Uh, I mean, I shared that with you, right? The Zion Nails. Did you see that? Yes. I was well, driving ma- on Sunday and I drove by Zion's Nails and Waxing. Uh-huh. And I thought, oh, okay. We got to do that on the afterlife too. Well, and you know that uh, in Texas, they likely call it Zion's Nails and, and Waxing. Yep. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to let you take the last story and I'm going to push you to what the last story is. Oh, okay. Let's see if I have it. Because uh, you, you, I believe, unless I'm mistaken, uh, were telling me about El- Emily Bell Freeman, which we talked about in the last episode yeah. of Articles of News. And I think maybe we we end on this topic. I had proposed that eh, maybe it feels a little conflicty of interesty uh, that she would continue to make money on her endeavors now serving as the young women's president. Yeah. General so, young women's president, whatever. But that's not a story. I think and it's I, a story. Let me segue it this way. Ish. So my last story, it was from Religion News Service. Okay. And it says the title is Mormons have discovered Holy Week. Why now? <laughs> uh-huh. And goes on to say how this is like suddenly we're celebrating holy week for the first time well thanks to emily bell freeman i actually we've been doing this since our kids was li- were really little she and brad wilcox had a book called holy week mm-hmm. and it gives you ideas and activities for the whole week long to celebrate you know there's like spy wednesday it, it's like a very thin book you know it's probably like seven bucks sure so it's not too big it has a bunch of ideas and she's actually made a lot of products to celebrate Holy Week. You know, if you go to Deseret Book, she's got this wreath and there's 25 names of Christ. And when they did it, they said, you know, use it at Christmas, but use it at Easter and talk about the names of Christ. And you can like, it's almost like a menorah, but for sure. us. You know, I think it's a great idea. Light a candle and, and celebrate. So she's kind of done that for a while. Like this is kind of what she's done. I don't think she did it with the intention. If I do these things, I will be called. Oh, no. Yeah, no. Position. No, if if people, as they've heard me talk about it, do I feel like she's like tried to um, and there was an article in this last week that talked about, you know, is, is this what this is sort of validating is that we can now, you know, step the ladder to prestige for these young men, young women's callings. Are we going to see influencers try and step into yeah. those kind of things? That's not what I'm saying. Right. Well, but that's where my concern comes to, because that's we end up having imitation. Okay, mm-hmm. that is what, what did she do to get this calling? Mm-hmm. Okay, so I'm following, I'm going to follow that pattern and where my concern comes in. So she did say, and, and this is where I messaged you. Um, she has a Thursday Institute class called Inklings Institute and it's over Instagram. It's live. It's geared towards women, right? It's mm-hmm. very specific. It's for women to come and learn a, and read the scriptures together um, for that week. And she does it and she'll have other people on there too. It's a live Instagram. So you got to get on there at like 10 o'clock to watch it. You can go and watch what happened. But if you get on there, 
you see women chatting back and forth as she's discussing things and she's talking about the scriptures and they're harding stuff. They're planning meetups. There's all mm -hmm. sorts of messages flowing mm -hmm. back and forth. But she said on that and she said on the uh, don't miss this podcast or I think it's a YouTube video, but I always listen to the podcast on it. But she said, you know, I'm going to be doing this. I'm working on here. You're going to start to see changes as we get closer to August. But once I'm called officially in August, I'm stepping away from these projects. Sure. Well, she will step away. I, I, that's, she said clearly. But where my concern is, is the imitation of, I'm going to campaign. I'm going to do these things because this is what Emily Bell Friedman did. This sure. is what Brad Wilcox did. This is what John, by the way, did. And I'm going to become this person. And it to me, it just loses the authenticity of that work, right? Emily Bell Freeman was teaching me about Holy Week 10 years ago, mm -hmm. right? Like mm -hmm. she, she did that book quite a while ago. And I think she was very genuine in that. But what I foresee happening is the commercialization and then people saying, well, I should, I'm entitled to release Society President. Look at me. Look at my Instagram followers. Sure. Look at sure. the influence I have. Why would you call? And I just love the idea. Sorry, I'm I'm definitely on my Rammy Emptum. Get up there. Whatever you Get call it. I'm definitely on it right now. Um, but I, I like the idea of people being called from obscurity, right? Mm -hmm. I love Samuel. Like, here am I. Said, like, he's just some kid. I love Joseph Smith. Like, well, he's so this random young kid. You know, I love Jesus was a carpenter. I love that idea that you can you can be an ordinary person right? You can be random person and be called and trusted by God to lead. And that is what I feel like we're losing or we lose in the church mm -hmm. when we have people that are so uh, like public is we end up and I read through the stake presidents all the time. And man, lawyer, dentist, uh, head of a corporation, retired from a corporation. Sure. I can't tell you the last time I saw a custodian janitor sure teacher like somebody that was just real you know the postman it'd be mm -hmm. great to have the postman as your stake president you know yeah, yeah. making rounds all the time but i just don't see that coming up too often i just like i don't know that's just my own thing i like the obscurity of people are just regular people doing their thing and then god says uh okay you you're the one you're gonna be the humble one you're gonna be the one who will care for the lost sheep i call you you're the random one it's that's so fascinating to me that we both feel so passionately but in <laughs> such different ways because my yeah. thing is like i think it's great and the fact that she has figured out how to connect so well with people yes. like bring that talent on true I, you know when if you have someone in your ward who is a public speaker or a presenter like you you, you want to hear from everyone, but also yeah. please bless that that person speaks every three weeks so that I'm not going, why are we listening to this person speak? M my only thing is when I feel like the, the like marketing part of Deseret book sort of shines a spotlight on Emily Bell Freeman and to, to be fair and to be clear, I love Deseret book and they have yeah. not done this, but it, it sort of fe it feels like a side wink when it's like Emily Bell Freeman and the book, you know, in, in but, the position where she's in, but they, they've done that. So I just went to timeout for women in March mm -hmm. and Reina Alberto was one of the speakers that they had, you know, mm -hmm. but that's part of like their thing is like, you, and I mean, people, there was a legit rush 
to listen to her speak. Sure. Now I was happy because she was the only non-white woman on their lineup at that, at that session. And I thought, thank goodness for some diversity because mm-hmm. I just can't, I can't do another Stanley cup with the, you know what I mean? I, I just can't do the, the stereotypes drive me kooky. Sure. So, but I do see that. And I don't, I mean, I don't have a good answer on how you fix that. But, um, but, but to that point, and sister Borto is a great example. Like I don't mind it after. Yeah. Okay. So after is okay. Yeah. Okay. No, I, I think it's great. Yeah. Yeah. I, but I, but I well, just, I just sort of think that like in the time that a couple of things occur, either you go, you know what, they're going to exist in a Deseret book, but we're not really going to promote them because it just seems, it. Yep. yeah, it just seems like a little bit of this or, you know, like the Leahona used to be the enzyme is available at cost. Mm-hmm. You say, Hey, and for the time yeah. that she's in, these are great resources that it's the amazing influential person who is now of power we're not going to make money off it. The great thing that she has yeah. done, have it for this time being. And then when she's done, she can, you she know, can make money. I, yeah. I think that's very ethical. I, I, I like that aspect. We should call whoever's the president now. It used to be Sherry Do. Now it's somebody else. We should let her know. We're the ethics committee yes. for Deseret Book. We've yes. self-appointed. So, and I know, I will say this. I have some of my family, uh, one of them wrote a book for Deseret Book. Okay. And his brother is an apostle. And I'm sure. not going to mention his name, but we all know who I'm talking about. I'm and he's sure. been here in the cultural hall. I was going to say, if you don't look it up, that's fine. <laughs> when he wrote one of his books, he his brother wanted to write a forward, right? Because it's really about being a family, supporting a family sure. with different lifestyles and whatnot. And he had to ask permission from the quorum of the 12 in the first presidency hey mm-hmm. look can i write the front the forward the intro to it and they said no and again part of that i think was because of exactly what you're talking about they said that's gonna be that feels like an apostolic endorsement yes yeah that that's gonna be a, a problem like we understand how you feel and you've been the front runner for our church website for a lot of these same things that are shared in this book but it, it just kind of goes too far to have like the name stamped on it. So yeah. they went they went in a different direction. But I like your idea of the proceeds, you know. Yeah, or 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 you know, okay, so they're gonna do that. And she comes out and she says, Hey, for the time while I'm in this, the money that's made, because we're not gonna discount it, the money that I would make is gonna go towards homelessness, towards the homeless people in San Francisco. Yes, whatever whatever the thing may be. Yes. Um that that to me, and again, it's no sort of slight, but what it feels like is it's like, hey, leave your nets. And then, you know, the apostles are like, but these these nets are getting really good fish. Yeah, the what nets kind of drag with them. Yeah, <laughs> can I can like, I bring this with me? Or, you know, yeah, hey, someone right. else kind of take care of my nets till I yeah. get back. It right. it just strikes me as something where I'm like, yeah. it maybe it's not all that I'm saying that it is, but I don't think it would be anything if it was just like, yeah, I'm gonna leave the nets. And those nets will be there when I get back. Yeah. No, I, so there's a really good book that I read. It's called When Narcissism Comes to Church. I think I've mentioned it before here in the cultural hall when I've been on, but a lot of that. And I think at at the, ultimately your concern and my concern where we meet Mm -hmm. is that it, it uh, empowers narcissism to come to church, right? Mm -hmm. It empowers that self-dealing. It empowers that self-benefit that we really 
don't want to see and don't don't have room for in the church. I mean, there's so many overwhelming needs to have somebody be like, ah, I got this, you know, net that's following me or, oh, she look, she had the nets. So I too am going to do this so that I get the callings like her, like John, by the way, I'm going to mirror what they do. At the end of the day, what happens is we have narcissism and we miss out on those true needs that we need to help with. So agreed. All right. Okay. Chuck DeGroat is the author of that book. I'm going to try and get Chuck DeGroat on the show. Oh, please do. Wouldn't that be you know, fun? I, yeah, he's amazing. I So I went to his website because he does this analysis, like, are you a narcissist, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, I want to just go figure that out. It was like $5,000. So Jeez. I'm just going to keep my, you know, changing poopy butts with my kids and be humble <laughs> that way. Then, so, cleaning Perfect. up in my hands. Yeah, you know? gross. That's how I can prevent my narcissism. <laughs> That's how we'll end this show. Poop oh, great. Coming up in the third block, something something else. Thanks for your time. Yeah, you're welcome. BestDJinUtah.com. It's been a while since we've had a new one of these, and I apologize for that. It's because I've been so busy DJing events all over the country, uh, but especially here in Utah. Been able to do some great, uh, you know, weddings. I've done a, a prom or two for different listeners of the cultural hall. I love it when you uh, reach out to me at bestdjinutah.com or uh, you can find the phone number online as well. I would love it if you say, hey, I heard about you on the cultural hall because maybe, just maybe, I give a cultural hall discount. Uh, All sorts of events. It doesn't have to be a a wedding. It could be a community event. Maybe it's a ward or youth activity. I'm doing one of those this summer. In fact, just lock the deal down on that. Uh, Whatever it may be, if you need music to accompany your event or you just need a great MC, I would love to be able to help you out you're simply going to need to go to bestdjinutah.com. Imagine running a small business today. It's challenging. Imaging and internet presence is an absolute must. Even with that, you're still a small star in a bright cyber universe. Now, imagine you have someone who understands how to get your site designed for your talents and then easily searched by potential clients. Imagine Lennon Design. Whether it's strictly a website or a whole package of logo creation, advertising media, and promotional materials, Lennon Design is your partner in business. They'll test the boundaries of their imagination to create something unique for you. When you need creative, affordable design, let it be Lennon Design. Call 801-699-3022 or visit LennonDesign.com. Here in the third block of the Cultural Hall, I didn't know what we were going to do, so we invited Megan the Mitch Mitchell to do some more news. There's lots of news, and she's bringing it. Uh, As far as your walk-up music, here you go. Are you ready for this, Megan the Mitch Mitchell? I'm ready. Here it comes. Megan. It's me. There you go. Uh, <laughs> we continue on with news. I asked you to prepare a few, and I've still got a couple more that I didn't get to with Chow. Uh, why don't you go first? All right. So um, Elder Rasband met with the deputy president of South Africa. So I guess that's like the vice president, you know, and it's the first time that it's the assistant to the vice president. (laughs) Sorry, I couldn't help it. Office reference. Go ahead. I love it. Um, Well, it could also be like the assistant to the mission president, too. Sure. I like your office reference better. Yeah. Um, Okay. so, yeah, he's second in line to be president of South Africa. So Elder Rasband met with him. It's the first time that a senior leader of the church has met with a senior government leader for the country of South Africa. Hmm. And um, 
they they talked all about the part you know the philanthropic uh humanitarian efforts that the church has done and how they're partnering with the south african government to you know help with um poverty substance subsistence farming programs employment initiatives and gender-based violence interventions um the church has donated a lot of money to empower the people of south africa um, I don't know South African currency, so I'm just going to quote these numbers in American dollars, okay. which is from the uh, newsroom of the church. So they have the church has donated over 13 million dollars worth of assistance since 2018. Wow! And Elder Rasband has pledged 600 thousand more dollars um, to South Africa. And I interestingly, this was all arranged by a gentleman named or he was present at the meeting his name is oh i'm gonna get this so wrong i don't want to offend anybody mm. he's the chief whip of the south africans the south africa's ruling party okay um, that. he's a you member of the church of jesus okay thank you i really would hate to offend somebody so but we he's a call, member of the church so let's he was, call him brother the whip let's call him brother the brother whip. the whip yeah there you go so brother the whip yeah so he's a member of the church and he was he was there for the meeting and he has personally witnessed the good that the church has done for his home community in Johannesburg. Um, so yeah, just good ongoing relationships between the South African government and the church. Elder Rasband, of course, gave him a personalized book of Mormon and let him know that he will grow closer to the Lord through reading it. And um, the deputy president, he said, we want to see this as a partnership. So we're not going to sit back and say, we are waiting for the church. We are going mm -hmm. in ourselves together with you so we can work together and really bring a better life to those who are in poverty and unemployed and unemployed. He it, said, I'm glad this collaboration has started. Let's build on it. I think it's fascinating. The uh, amount of work that's doing being done, particularly in, on the continent of Africa right now. I think this is a thing that um, largely here in the United States, we don't really understand all that the church is doing. I mean, we hear the temples being announced and, you know, that certainly is a, a huge area of growth. But I think just um, the amount of uh, missionaries going into the various countries in Africa and the amount of uh, money and humanitarian work that's done, I think it's a thing that, you know, in 30 years time, we're going to look back, we're going to be hearing stories about the miracles that are being performed now today on the continent of Africa and go, whoa, that was that was in my time. That was 30 years ago. Because I think right. we, I think here in the United States, we just barely, you know, catch an ear glimpse of a lot of these things. And I just, I think that right. um, it's tremendous what's going on over there. Uh, a couple quick stories. Uh, if you've not yet listened to, seen, or watched the video, uh, the Piano Guys partnered up with the Tabernacle Choir for Wayfaring Stranger. That's the hymn, Wayfaring Stranger. Uh, this Gorgeous. is the first of many collaborations, as I understand it. Um, maybe even a whole album, he said with a question mark in his voice. It's not the entire choir that I that you see in the video. Um, but the speculation that I have, and I would love to know what people's thoughts are, contact at theculturalhall.com. They make it look like uh like it's in like Navu or like old timey cabiny, you know, homes, that kind of stuff. And yeah. I think it's just the motion picture studio in Provo. That would I, be I, my guess. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I, I'm pretty sure that they didn't like, hey, large groups of the Tabernacle Choir, let's go somewhere else. But if someone can confirm that to me, I would love to know. 
It's it's a beautiful song, as the uh, headline of this particular article says. It will give you goosebumps. It's you know, it's, it's well done. Uh, props to them. But I'm pretty sure it's like, guys, look, we're in Nauvoo. It's Provo. This is this is the heart of the woods of Provo is what's so going on here. Here's how I imagine that going down. A group text goes out to the entire Tabernacle Choir, all 300 some members. And they mm -hmm. say, who can be in Provo on yep. Thursday Yep. at yep. this time? Anybody who can come, come. You know, yep. that it's it's not a big formal thing, but I just can see like that group text just going out, you know, <laughs> and, and, <laughs> like and they're trying to plan dinner. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay, we're going to do uh, there's the Cafe Rio on Parkway. We'll stop there on our way out of town and and the choir will buy if you're able to come help. I it, It's no sort of um, slight on the song and the collaboration. It's beautiful. It really is absolutely gorgeous. gorgeous. But but in my mind's eye, I sort of have, you know, those um, the videos that you see like on TikTok or reels on Instagram or whatever, where you see the the perfectly curated thing and then the content creator sort of pans either left or right and the rest is just a complete disaster that's yeah. sort of what i envision what everything outside of this video looked like right like it's like oh yeah, yeah we're in the quaintest of nauvoo or you know this is palmyra and then if you just pulled back a little bit it's like car driving down the way honking its horn throwing stuff over and the riverbed is you know flooding or something ridiculous i don't know and there's like a pile of coats yeah. and like water bottles <laughs> and like cell phones that have all just like been tossed to the side, yes. you know, out okay. of frame. <laughs> Good. So I'm not alone in this. Good. I'm glad no, to hear that. <laughs> uh, the, the church has donated $8.7 million to support the Red Cross, which is a big deal. Uh, it's purchasing Red, Red Cross blood mobiles, which is awesome. Our money is buying buying blood mobiles. I just, I just think that's cool. It's uh, a fun word. Blood mobile? Yeah. <laughs> the uh, the church, did you know this? The church uh, sponsors more than 2,000 blood drives a year. Uh, and we are the largest uh, contributor in that respect to the Red Cross. I believe an, it. I feel as like an organization. As an organization, yeah. I, I feel like our neighborhood has blood drives like all the time. So we're probably taking care of a good portion of it. But yeah, like all the time. It, it, I mean, it's a thing I love doing. The feeling you get after you donate blood, not only like the, you know, good for mankind kind of thing, but yeah. like actual physical feeling that you get after donating blood because oh. your body goes, oh, we got to produce some more. There's sort of a kind of a lively nature of it. And and best feel part, that way. lean in, lean in. Cookies. Yeah, so many cookies. And, <laughs> and I feel like I can justify it where I'm like, listen, I know this is a thousand calories, but I need this. I right. just, I just donated. I gave a part of me. I need these yep. things. So yep. if, you, if you just have a hankering for some cookies and you can't justify <laughs> it in your dietary restrictions, donate some blood. Absolutely. Have you ever organized a blood drive? Uh, seems like I did one time. Uh, I, but maybe I just got help get volunteers. Yeah. Have you? Yeah, I have. Yeah. Uh -huh. So when I was a senior in high school, that's when 9-11 happened. Oh, and, okay. um, so I was on student government and stuff. And our advisor was like, we need to do a blood drive. And he said, he turned to me, he said, Megan, you do it. And I was like, <laughs> cool, cool. Said, but here's the, you, you need to do this. And I said, sure. But here's the problem. When you're organizing a blood drive in high school, very mm -hmm. few people at the high school are actually able to donate blood. Yeah, like, you have to be 18 or you right. have to have a parent signature. At least that's exactly. how it was when I donated blood. Exactly. And, and exactly. you have to weigh a certain amount of pounds 
and a lot of uh, a lot of the uh, well, women specifically, I guess, didn't weigh that certain amount of pounds yet. Right, right. So it was really a challenge to try to get enough people to come in and donate. I was um, like, I had parental permission to donate. I wasn't eighteen yet, mm-hmm. but I had parental permission, but I didn't weigh enough. So mm-hmm. like, I went through the whole process. They checked my blood sugars, all of that, like the preamble to the whole process. And they're, then they step on the scale and they're like, nope, you're out. And I yep. was like, oh man, by like three pounds, you know? So it was all like kids asking their parents to come and donate and like getting the teachers to come on their off periods and hope that they don't pass out, you know, the next time they go back to class, you know? But uh, I, I have heard the myth that that was the most successful blood drive that our school had ever done. So I'll only take credit for that. Yeah. Not the fact that 9-11 had just happened yeah. and people were feeling generous. It was all me. Yeah, yeah. No, that is that is a jaded perspective on history. I appreciate that. Thank you. Absolutely. I do what I can. <laughs> <laughs> I re- and it's funny that you bring it up because I remember uh, I had a buddy. His name's Matt. Uh, he and I we both got uh, parental permission super early. And by that, I mean, I forged my mom's signature. Why do I need her signature to donate blood? Right. Um, but we would like go and run around the school a couple times and then come in and donate blood and do blood donation races anytime that we had a blood drive. <laughs> four minutes, four minutes and 52 seconds. I did it. Uh, That's hilarious. You, you've got a couple, uh, I do. couple more and I've got a couple more. Let's just get through them. Let's do it. All right. So there's a Michigan tackle. So he plays football for University of Michigan, Andrew Gentry. He plays college football while simultaneously serving in a YSA bishopric. Um, Interesting. Okay. So he's a college kid. College kid. Yeah. Uh Reese. Sorry. Okay. Make a noise on my end. I was trying to set my phone so I could read this story. Go ahead. Gotcha. Okay. So yeah, he um, recent, not too long ago returned from his mission. And Mm -hmm. it's interesting. So he actually made news a few years ago during COVID. So he was originally um, committed to play for uh, Bronco Mendenhall at the school. Thank you. And and then Bronco unexpectedly retired. And Mm. so then his options opened up this guy, Andrew Gentry, and he was originally called on his mission to Argentina and um, then COVID. And then he was reassigned to uh, Provo or to the Orem mission. And at that point, the whole situation with Bronco, like it totally opened up all of his options. So Jim Harborough from Michigan got in I contact it, with. Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to stop you. It's Harbaugh. Yes. It's Harbaugh. Harbaugh. Yeah. Harbaugh. Okay. People, Jim people will Harbaugh. yell in their earphones. Harbaugh. Go the ahead. other, the other name offense that I'm going to make in this episode. <laughs> so Jim Harbaugh got in contact with uh, brother Gentry's dad and asked if they could like set up a meeting while he was on his mission. Mission president approved it. And his choices were basically Michigan or BYU. And he ended up going with Michigan. And um, he had lived in Orem. <laughs> right, exactly. He's like, exactly. no thanks. Listen somewhere right. else, please. Well, and it's it's funny that he was reassigned to Orem because of he had spent so much time there anyway, you know. Mm-hmm. But he um and he could have gone back to Argentina and decided not to. So long story short, that brings us to now after getting back into football shape and and fighting shape and everything, he was called to serve in the YSA bishopric after that was after the church kind of made a push for more single brothers to serve in the bishoprics. And the, the greatest part, so there's a picture in this article, he's the first counselor in the bishopric Mm -hmm. of him next to the bishop and the second counselor. Now this guy is six, seven, Oh yeah, and okay. I love he, I love where this is headed. 
and he weighs 312 pounds. Yeah. <laughs> and so I'm sure his bishopric, like the other members of the bishopric are like regular sized people, yeah. you know, mm -hmm. it's a cute picture. <laughs> it's a very cute picture. People, people can find it in the show notes to be able to uh, see exactly what we're talking about. Absolutely. I love that. I Absolutely. Love but the bishop spoke very highly about how he's so committed to these different areas of his life but they don't really interfere with the others. He said, the Bishop said he's a football fan, but he tries to keep that, like, you know, that discussion minimal, you know, sure. but he said, I, he turned over the organizing of their Easter program to brother Gentry and it was amazing, you know, and yeah. um, the end, I loved this part. So he was also recruited by Alabama Alabama. And, um, he was, that was one going to be one of his, that was who he would have gone with. Right. Mm -hmm. And, um, he tells this story to a lot of people in the stake and everything. Um, but he was recruited by Alabama, Nick Saban. That's the coach for Alabama. Yeah. And he said, I would love to play with you. I am committed to serving a mission for my church. And, uh, Saban said, look, I respect it. I absolutely do, but I can't hold a spot for you. Mm -hmm. And said, you know, sorry, offers off the table. And then while he was on his mission, Alabama won something, something that had a big trophy. The yeah, national championships. Yeah, the national yes, championship. Come on. A, Come on, the man. I know. Right. I know. You know what's funny, Richie? All of the sports stories could tend to come from me, which is really funny. Yes. <laughs> but he would have already had a national championship had he decided to go to Alabama and not serve his mission or put his mission off further, you know? So he's, he point being, obviously he's going to follow the Lord with faith, knowing that he's going to be blessed for it. Even if right now it doesn't look like it, you know, maybe he wouldn't have had a national championship. Maybe if he was on the team, they would not have won. Had you ever right. considered that? I absolutely have. Absolutely. You know, what's funny is, um, can I take a tiny tangent? I know we're yes, short on please. time, but. Yep. So my husband, all through middle school and high school, he was a world championship trap shooter. Okay. Um, like that is an odd thing, but kudos very, to your husband. That's very that's odd. Like he's he was on like the state championship, the like the state trap shooting team. He holds a world record. Like it's a whole thing, right? And he was invited to train with the Olympic team. Mm -hmm to prepare for the Sydney Olympics cool. and um, like it would have required him like spending significant amounts of time in Colorado. That's where their training facility is. And he actually declined the opportunity because the Olympics in Sydney were going to overlap with his mission. Mm -hmm. And, uh, but it's the same thing. Like I don't know if America would have won those, those medals, but sure. there's no guarantee that he would have, you know, had he opted in for that opportunity. And, uh, so I personally am glad that he chose to go on his mission because that set in motion, some important things for my life, you know, like <laughs> what important things for your life. Like what, like marrying him, yeah, like yeah, having marrying. your family and your children. Oh, isn't that sweet? Yeah. Everyone loves your love story. Uh, I know. So I know. I love that. <laughs> this whole thing about, you know, his commitment to the gospel and, you know, which I know that you can have without serving a mission. So please don't misunderstand, but it was, it was important for his life, important for mine, but there's no guarantee that had he gone the other way, that things would have gone the way he had said, sure. you know? Yeah. Life so, is full of no guarantees. I love it. Yep, don't exactly. Uh, okay. Uh, I said, don't actually love that. I, I've got maybe one more and, and this is where I'll end it. 
yeah, I think so. Unless are you feel do you feel super pressed on any of the rest of yours? Anything that you feel mm. like, man, we need to get in? I have two. Can I talk about two of them? Quickly. Let's oh, okay. Do it. So there was a Pew Research uh survey to find out how different religions feel about each other. I'll just go through this one really quick. Um uh his, according to this poll, all other religions have negative feelings towards us, mm-hmm. except for Catholics. Woo-hoo. But we have positive feelings towards every single religion that was tested in this poll, including agnostics. And by a lot, like a lot of positive feelings on our end, which is interesting because none of them feel positively towards us. Hmm. And so so is the claim now the true living and nice church? We are the one true living and nice church. Is that, is that what we need to make an addendum to the to the... I'm gonna go with no. Okay. That okay. we're not the we're not gonna... one true. No. No. Um. What I oh, what I think you're taking umbrage with true, not with the nice part. You're like, no, we're the nice. I'll, that's fine. <laughs> no, no, no. We are we are the true and living church, and we are a very nice church. Yeah. Um. I think what it has to do with is that we take very much to heart the idea that we are all brothers and sisters. Yeah. We all have something to offer one another. We all have something to learn from one another, and um. Yeah. And it's, it's interesting. I mean, like towards, um, evangelical Christians, we have 43% positive, you know, feelings towards them towards, um, Catholics, 53% towards Jews, 58%, which is the highest of any other faith tradition that is listed on this in the survey. And so, like I said, it's not just that we feel positive about other faiths. It's by a lot, but here's the interesting thing. I am wondering who is the sample that they took all of this uh, information from and what was the size of it. And the reason that I say that is because I'm a little bit cynical and jaded and I read comments on Mm -hmm. the internet Mm -hmm. and I'm like, so we have 37% positive feelings towards Muslims. Well, the comment section would say otherwise on certain articles that I read, you know, do you know what I mean? Like, that's where I'm like, who are we talking to? Cause I want to be friends with those people that they're talking to. Yeah. Um, but that's just an interesting thing that I thought about. I love um, it. But hey, keep it up, members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Let's be good neighbors to everybody who believes differently than us. That's Let's what we nice. do as the true living and nice church. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Did you want to go? No, I'm, gonna, I'm wrapping mine out. Mine will be the okay. last story. What have you got? All right. So uh, are you aware of the church's military advisory committee? Uh, yeah. Uh, what I'm aware of is that recently there was, uh, one or two women that were put on the committee, which it had never happened before. Something like that. Right. Which by the way, sidebar, you should have them in on the cultural hall. I've asked one of them. And when, when I, when I asked her, she said, can you give me a sample of, um, of what it might sound like? I was sort of in a rush and just copied and pasted the URL for the culturalhall.com, which is by the way, where you can get all the old episodes, et cetera. And uh, it was at the time that we had just posted um, the episode of the beast six, six, six. And I'm, I'm, I'm 99% sure that that's why she decided not to be a part of the show. I mean, if it was a cursory glance, I can understand. Yeah. I think she looked at it and went, what? No, what? No, no, what? No. (laughs) <laughs> maybe try the other one okay um but so uh it this article talks about a couple of different people who are actually on the committee and how they became connected 
Um, General James Taylor, his first involvement came when he was in the Balkans in 2004. He was serving in Kosovo. They wanted to do a Bible study, but they didn't have the materials. So they wrote to the church. The church hooked him up. A little while later, um, he was serving as a branch president in Afghanistan. Mm -hmm. And they wanted to be able to have access to show um, general conference. But the one that was interesting to me is that he also wanted to show the first presidency Christmas devotional. So the church sent him all of the materials, plus 300 copies of a CD from the Tabernacle Choir. Oh, from their Christmas concert. Um, And so he said that, let's see, um, when they showed the first presidency's Christmas devotional, they had 300 people came come. Only 57 were members of the church and they wow. all left with a CD. That's um, so it was, a, it was started back in World War II. That was when this kind of the impetus of this committee kind of came about. Lots of um, members of like the Quorum of the Twelve Apostles have served on it. Hubie Brown was the first leader of the, it was then the General LDS Servicemen's Committee. Uh, Harold B. Lee served on it, Marky e. Peterson, Gordon B. Hingley, Thomas S. Monson, Boy K. Packer in 1972, Elder Kate was the director of it. Hmm. Um, now it is led by Elder Jeremy R. Yagi, and um, they do really, really amazing things. Um, they they advise the, church, the First Presidency on just global events, what's going on in the world that could affect our members, what's happening in the church's prison ministry. I didn't know that would be lumped in there, but there it is. Um, let's see. It also, they also will keep the first presidency in, in the loop with members in other parts of the, the world, like citizens of other nations who are serving in the military. <laughs> um, and then they're a liaison with senior military leaders and they assist in strategic planning for the church's military relations division. So doing lots of good work to make sure that our military servicemen and women are um, have their needs met. They obviously support all of the chaplains and make sure that they have everything that they need. Um, there's two uh, general authorities, and then the rest are all like major generals and colonels and lieutenant colonels and chaplains and stuff. So, and some um, of the, some of those um, some of those members who are on that board are the very model of a modern major general. Thank you for going there. I wasn't going to, but I knew you would. Well, they have information that is vegetable, animal, and mineral. mineral. (laughs) Uh They know the kings of England and they quote the fights historical. Something about France is in that show and I don't even remember. Well, you probably weren't the the major general, so. Uh, All right. Let's end here. Here we go. Uh, you know, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago. Uh, Elder Holland is supposed to speak at the uh, commencement for Southern Utah University, go T-Birds, where I went to school. Uh, he ended up, because of his health, opting out of that. They ended up that they're going to just la- allow two more students to speak at the commencement. That's what they decided to do there. I'm not sure that we shared that here. Uh, but interesting as far as that goes, in that they um, selected um, one that was sort of and I don't think they went about it this way, but it, it just seems to happen that this is how it happened. Um, they they chose one person who was probably in the anti-Elder Holland speaking at commencement camp, uh, camp and then one who was sort of pro-Elder uh, Holland speaking at the commencement. And so those two speakers will take his place. That's not what I wanted to bring up. What I wanted to bring up is that uh, Elder Bednar, that is uh, Elder David ah. Bednar, future prophet mm-hmm. of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, if you know, life expectancy. If he doesn't get hit by a bus. Yeah. 
anything to say with it. He recently uh, announced as the keynote speaker for the Silicon. Let me do that again. The Silicon Slopes. Um, kind of a, you know, they do a big hoorah every year, right? And they have people like Matthew McConaughey and Oprah and Elder Bednar. And Elder Bednar is going to be a keynote. And can you imagine there are some people that don't think that he should be there. They they are questioning the what? invitation. They feel like it's blurring lines between religion and the state. And why would he be uh, a speaker of Silicon Slopes? Now, the thing that I think is interesting, and you know, people will, I, I, I am wise enough to know that people will complain about anything. I mean, anything. I've been doing this for 12 years and some of the things that people have complained about, I'm just like this. We're complaining about this, really? but, but I will say, you know, he has a doctorate in organizational behavior and has been the president of a university and is one of the top 15 leaders of a billion dollar organization. So if we can sort of remove it, I guess, in that way, and just look at it from you know, and I know that there will be people that are like we are a church, and is but but it is also, yes, yeah. and it is also a billion dollar corporation that is being run, and he is a part, a large part of that particular thing. Like I, I, I mean, I don't. So what you're saying is he has knowledge and wisdom and experience that could potentially be of use to people who could hear him speak. Right. Is that what you're saying? Richard? Yeah, I mean, I would think it would be a weird flex if Elder Bednar came in and said, in the Gospels we learn, but I don't think that that's right. what he's going to do. You know, I think right. that it would, right. I mean, the these individuals know their audience and are typically able to do it. And for the people that are local and happen to be members of the church, they kind of think that that's a great nod. I don't know. It, it seems yeah. a little more, and especially to where it's a private organization, Silicon Slopes. Mm -hmm. It's not a public institution like, you know, Southern Utah University was. I just, people, find find something else. Move on. Complain about right. something else. Exactly. Don't go to that keynote exactly. if you don't want to. Honestly, I'm tempted to like register for Silicon Slopes and go to it because I'd be interested to hear what he has to say. And could he make some sort of gospel connection without it being in the Book of Mormon? This happened with King sure. Benjamin, you know, or whatnot. And I, but I think he's got a wealth of knowledge. And just because a person is called in to be an apostle of the church doesn't mean that all of that knowledge that they gained in their profession just disappears. Sure. Or sure. that it's not relevant to anything, you know? It's like... Yeah. Would, would we, here's the thing, Richie, would we say, would people say that Elder Uchtdorf should not speak at an aviation conference? Well, people would say, oh, is he going to bring his agenda? I can guarantee you people would. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But, but a hundred percent. I mean, yeah. but, the, but to your point there, look at other people, Elder Stevenson, Gary Stevenson, a, a, a near billionaire aside mm -hmm. from the church, right? Like not right. A, like right. in his private business, a near mm -hmm. billionaire in and of himself, the business that he worked and ran and sat on the board of, like he would be able to, I don't know. So, yeah. so, so yeah, a loving way to end this, uh, this episode, shut up, you. People <laughs> well, that but and maybe it would be good for us as members of the church to also look into some of the, like you said, Elder Stevenson has this business background. You know, we know about Elder Uchtdorf and his, and his aviation, but it would be good for us as members of the church to go, oh, like what else can he speak to 
that is not related to the church where I could look. We all know that President Nelson is a doctor and he has incredible a wealth of knowledge that he could go on for days, you know? And so mm -hmm. it's good for us as members to look at that and say, they are a well-rounded person mm -hmm. who has a wealth of knowledge and wisdom that I can learn from independent of their testimony. Amen. Yeah. We hope that this episode has nourished and strengthened your body. That if you're not healthy enough to listen this week, you can listen next week. And that when the time comes, you'll be able to travel home in safety. In the meantime, Chris at Alpine Lakes Travel, Rick McGee, Debbie Wanless, and Chocolate Cake Bites Podcast. We'll be saving a seat for you. On the back row of, of the, the cultural. cultural. Perfect. Nailed it. Sink that Wait. right up. Save me a seat. It's sure to be neat. On the back row. We really gotta go on the cultural hall show.